Welcome to People of Hope, a conversation on finding joy in all things with the pastoral staff of Ignatius House Jesuit Retreat Center in Atlanta, Georgia. Participating in conversation with me is Father Joe Lingen and Kay Satterfield, both staff members uh, here on staff at Ignatius House. Our topic this evening is finding joy in discernment. The Ignatian tradition is rich with wisdom and practical tools on this topic. I'm going to lead off our conversation with some thoughts, but I've asked Kay to open us uh, in a prayer. Kay? Thank you, Andy. Dear God, we are here today to have a spiritual conversation about discernment that is informed by the inspired insights of St. Ignatius of Loyola. We hope to learn from the wisdom of St. Ignatius of how to prayerfully make decisions that are aligned with the deep desires of our heart, which are your desires for us too. The joy in all of it is that you desire to be intimately involved in our lives and to partner with us in our life's journey with all of its twists and turns. Help us to grow in an awareness of your voice speaking to our hearts that we may choose in the big decisions and in the daily moments of our lives to act out of a blessed place of prayerful discernment. Amen. Thank you. So for me, um, Ignatian spirituality and Ignatian discernment came into my life when I felt uh, this calling to be a Jesuit uh, 12 years ago. And I began seeing a, spir a Jesuit spiritual director at that time uh, by the suggestion of someone. And through that experience, I slowly uncovered uh, this new way to listen to the voice of God. And I remember when I was, uh, when I was a child, um, I was always told to listen to God. And I didn't know what that meant or how I was supposed to do that. Was it a voice that I actually heard? Um, did I have to listen to my heart? And, and what did that mean? You know, how did I exactly do that? Well, years later, after having been in religious life uh, nearly three years, making the spiritual exercises, discerning not only to enter religious life, but to leave religious life and to get married and have children and so on. Um, the wisdom of, and insights of St. Ignatius um, ha have been something that very close to me. And I've engaged with these tools in various important decisions that I've faced um, uh, throughout my the last uh, over a decade. Um, now, one feature of the spiritual exercises is the election, and that's meant for those discerning a change in life state, like marriage or religious life. That's kind of the traditional approach we have to discernment. But discernment isn't only about decisions. Um, when we talk about discernment versus decision-making, discernment's really first and foremost about listening, listening to the voice of God that is already present. God is already speaking in, in our lives. And I love the, the Paula D'Arcy quote where she says, God comes to us disguised as our life. In other words, God is speaking through the various events and circumstances of our life 
including our feelings and our emotions and our relationships. And sometimes I think we assume uh, that God is trying to hide God's voice from us. But what I've discovered, and I get great joy in this realization, is that it's already there. That sometimes I'm just, I'm just not listening. You know, my days can go by, and um, I've continued in an in, inattentiveness, and so God's voice kind of blends in uh, with the background noise. But Ignatian spirituality call, calls us to wake up and to open up our spiritual ears and eyes to, uh, to hear the voice of God. Now, um, one thing I definitely value in Ignatius' spiritual exercises is his rules for the discernment of spirits. And these came out of his own life experience um, that clued him into how the good spirit coming from God, the evil spirit not coming from God, how they worked, how they moved in his life, right? He was attentive. He was listening to these movements. And my wife, uh, Sarah, and I actually found that we could apply many of these rules and insights to relationships. And so we actually uh, implemented a number of them into an Ignatian marriage prep program that we've developed. So these rules or insights are windows into the heart. And so when I was told to listen to God by listening to my heart, I finally realized um, what that meant only when I encountered Ignatius's wisdom on how God is influencing our heart. Um, so, but it requires an awareness, you know, and it requires an awareness to the interior. Now, one thing we talk about Ignatian circles a lot is desire and that we can discern God's voice through our desire, the deep desires of our heart. It was desire that led me into religious life. It was a growing desire for uh, marriage that, that led me to leave. Um, and it was a desire that led me and my wife to the decision to have children. Um, and our desires are very much connected with joy, right? Um, why wouldn't we have uh, find joy in these deep longings of our heart? Um, St. Ignatius said the creator deals directly with the cre creature. And so this, this truth has prompted me to live more attentively and more consciously um, to that relationship that God is always seeking to have with me. So that's, that's discernment, you know, that's, that's listening. Um, and that listening may lead to some kind of decision, um, but, uh, but it's first and foremost listening. Now, these conversations we're having each month are about joy. But discerning an important choice can paralyze uh, some people. And we can approach decision-making in fear um, rather than a joy that opens us up to the future. The Jesuit theologian Karl Rahner said that hope is being open to the future of God open to the future of God. Now I want to just tell you just a brief anecdote of when I was discerning to leave religious life. I found myself in before a mosaic in the National Basilica in Washington DC and it was an image of the two disciples 
um, who were on the road to Emmaus, they were sitting at table and Jesus was breaking the bread, right? They recognized Jesus in the breaking of the bread. And in one instance, I saw that image as me sitting at table with my religious community, sharing a meal with Jesus. But then in the next moment, I saw it as me and my future wife, my future spouse, sharing a meal with Jesus. And in that moment, I, I realized possibly one of the most important lessons I, I had from, got, gotten from Ignatian spirituality is that discernment and decision-making is a collaborative process with God. That moment made me realize that the, the choices before me were, were both good things, good ways to serve God, and that God would delight whichever option I chose. But God was empowering me and respecting my, my free will and my freedom to make that choice. So this invitation to co-labor um, with God in, in bringing God's kingdom into fruition and, and sharing God's love with the world um, was a bit radical, I guess, for me. And it probably is for some other people. You know, many of us grow up with this a more passive approach to understanding um, how we're a part of God's mission. And we speak about God's will as something that we were just sort of sitting and waiting for a voice maybe to come out of the clouds. But I always like to say that God doesn't dictate. God invites. God respects our desires, uh, our joys, our freedom, our thoughts, and so on. And so I love this image of not just following behind Jesus, but discernment as a walking alongside Jesus talking about my day, my life, sharing both our thoughts and our joys and our hopes and desires. You know, Jesus asking me how I feel and us collaborating and discussing together how to live out this mission in the world. And then Jesus asks me to make the decision. Um, and so I, you know, I listen, pray, collaborate, and, and respond with, with love um, in response to this love that God has, has given me. So, so I see this as discernment. And, you know, we may, it may be making a big life decision, but sometimes our response uh, to God may be as simple as wanting to live a more loving uh, life, to, to being a more joyful person tomorrow. So, so those are my thoughts, and uh, I, I'd love to hear what, uh, what Kay and Joe have to say. Well, Andy, thank you very much, and I really appreciate uh, that very personal sharing about the discernment. And if I may pick up on something that you said that I think is an important, very important insight that you shared. Um, reality is I think we we do face and we do make choices all the time and the question is whether or not we're doing it consciously or unconsciously and whether or not we are for example making those decisions and those choices in the context of being the person God created us to be and and you made the comment when you were talking about that discernment uh, that that imagery at the uh, 
road to Emmaus, the meal with Jesus, that how often we have uh, the choices we face are between goods. And I think that can sometimes really tie us up in a way. Like I, I'm, I'm reminded, I'm thinking when I was a kid, you know, we were taught as little kids, choose good, avoid evil, et cetera. And, and that, that rule seems pretty simple and easy to follow. But as we go into adulthood, we recognize that the choices become more plentiful. And then the choices of the goods that we can choose from. Uh, and I think that often ties us up because we're making choices between, well, oftentimes we're making choices between good things. And another thought occurred to me as you were talking about the desires in Ignatian spirituality, one of the important elements of desire and Ignatius has thought on this is that those desires that we have, that is more than just what I might want, but really deep down, fairly to say our heart's desire is, is, is informed by God too. That's a holy place within ourselves where we experience, if you will, we get to that level, there's a communion with God at that point. And, and that certainly is a cause of great joy when we have that awareness that what I'm choosing is congruent with the will of God or the desire of God. And, you know, to have that experience is, it is a very joyful experience, at least in my experience of it. So those are some initial thoughts I have. And thank you again for what you shared, Andy. Uh, Andy, hi. I, I just uh, I think, again, yeah, it was a beautiful reflection on on discernment. And I, I had a, I have some thoughts about, um, you know, Ignatian spirituality giving, uh, you know, these beautiful tools to making decisions that are uh, making decision prayerfully, you know, um, whether it's a decision of vocation or career path or, or whether, you know, uh, in a daily decision, whether to call a friend who may need a lift, you know, just a lift because they're, they're sad about something. So um, I guess I was wondering, Andy, when you were talking about listening, um, you know, what, what does that look like for you? You know, what, what is, um, how do you pay attention? Uh, I mean, what is finding God in all things? Yeah, I, I, you know, you're right. We, we make decisions throughout the day, right? Even small decisions of, of what to watch on TV or how to respond to someone. And I, I realize certainly for myself that it's harder sometimes to notice, uh, to notice those things in the moment uh, than in retrospect. And so... Um, I think the examine prayer is one of the most important ways to uh, to sort of get into the habit of practicing, um, or, or I guess getting in tune with the language of discernment, and that, and I guess the practice of awareness too, right? So at the end of the day, just taking ten or fifteen minutes to prayerfully review my day with God, and to um, to discover that. I was often unaware in the moment, but in retrospect, in hindsight, I can see a bit more clearly, um, and I can see where the hand of God was, or, or where God was perhaps inviting me to go. Um, so I always, if I ever talk about discernment, 
I say start praying the examine. That's, that's the primary way that you can at least begin to pay attention more to the movements, not only in the exterior, you know, in your life, but also what's, what's going on, you know, inside. Yeah, it is about the movements of our heart. Both, uh, you know, all three of us I know are spiritual directors, and I'm sure that you've heard this question several times, as have I. You know, you were talking, Andy, early, or uh, your comments, you were mentioning about listening to God. And uh, you, you certainly asked a very good question. Well, how do I listen to God? What does that sound like? What does it feel like, et cetera? And I'm curious to know how you guys answer and respond to people, because I hear the question a lot. How do I know? May, may have may have lost him. We can we can try to. Not that we're around hearing voices, but I mean, how do they know that what they're hearing is really of God? And so, how how would you respond to that? Yeah, um, that is the biggest question, right? And what is God's will, and how do I hear the voice? But I really I do believe that you know the voice of God is already speaking to us. And we're just maybe we're not listening well enough, and we have to filter through through the noise. Um, I think the rules of the discernment of spirits are, are great because um, it clues us into, um, you know, Ignatius says that if we're if we're moving towards God, which in general most of us probably are, and there are moments where we're not, you know, but if we're if we're doing our best to move toward God, Ignatius is going to say that that God or the good spirit is going to continue to encourage us, um, mainly through a sense of, of peace and joy, this sort of lingering, underlying, deep sense of peace. Uh, the evil spirit, on the other hand, is going to um, try to derail us and, and convince us that what we're doing is wrong, right? But there's going to be more of a sense of disquiet and agitation underneath. So I kind of like what Ignatius says about those those deeper underlying feelings that last, right? Ignatius had those when he was uh, convalescing in bed after his injury um, of, of, you know, when he had these thoughts of God, there was this lasting peace and joy. When he had these more worldly thoughts, um, uh, you know, after the initial pleasure of, of, and happiness of thinking about those thoughts, there was an underlying sadness. So I think that's the basic, um, you know, seed of discernment that I would I would share with people. Yeah, to be pay attention to um, how I know for, for myself. Sometimes I will. Um, well, that's not answering your question. But if I have a decision, I'll imagine going in one direction and how that plays out and what that feels like, and then I'll imagine going in the other direction and have a sense of what does that feel like. But regarding, is this a voice of, is this the voice of God or not? You know, is it aligned with, uh, you know, your life? You know, if you're being called um, to spend a lot of time away from your family and you have young children, you know, is that really a calling from God or is it coming from something else? Is it really your ego? You know, you're, you're discerning it within 
within the life that you live what what is your what is your vocation um but i mean ignatius gives some practical you know tools um of when it comes to the decision making a decision you know sometimes there is just this yes you know this this is it and i know it and i know it in my heart and it is aligned with what i feel god is calling me and sometimes like what happened with you uh there's uh two goods and then you know, then it's making practically a list of pros and cons, you know, gathering information, maybe if, uh, you know, if it's a move or uh, to go look at the place and check it out and see how it feels. Um, uh, do your, um, and then to pray about it. And um, I know Ignatius also suggests, you know, what would you, uh, which is something even counselors have said to me uh, in other contexts, you know, what would you imagine telling your friend, you know, uh, what kind of advice would you give them? And, and then there's the other uh, uh, tool is to imagine yourself at the point of death and, and uh, what choice would you have preferred to make? But, um, you know, I like the, I like the, the strategy of, kind of trying on a decision and that actually you talked about you know um visiting a place and when my wife sarah and i were discerning actually when we were living in boston we were discerning whether to move to california to take a job my spiritual director um actually recommended um he said you know if you can and you have the ability to can you go to that place just to visit just to check it out get a feel for the the town you know where you'd be living um and see how God speaks through that. And I had, the, I had that chance to, and it was actually very um, enlightening for us and actually helped us in our, our discernment. I mean, I guess there's a feeling of this has a rightness to it, you know, like when you're visiting that town and you're, and you're like, does this feel right? Do we, uh, does it, um, does it, do we feel at home there? I mean, I, I guess I'm trying to say, what does it feel like when, you're saying God's speaking to us. You know, what does that mean? God's speaking to us and this or that. You know, Andy, you mentioned uh, the rules of discernment of spirits. I, I admit my bias. I think Ignatius was brilliant. And uh, one of the things that I noticed in the spiritual exercises, when he gives the rules of the discernment of spirits, that's not the starting point. For Ignatius, you know, in the exercises, he has one pray and reflect on their own life and their own experience, etc. Then he presents the rules so that a person, in essence, takes the rules and applies them to their own life experience, as opposed to setting up these rules and saying, okay, follow these rules and you'll be great. Instead, what he does is he, he really does encourage one to, to be, as you were saying earlier, to be aware, to be conscious, to be reflective, then to take these rules and apply them to what it is you've experienced. And, and when you do that, the rules make a lot more sense. That, and I would offer that some of the rules may make more sense to one's experience than some of the other rules. And I don't want to get sidetracked on the rules. But what Ignatius is really giving, I think, uh, calling one to is to be attentive 
and to be aware and to be conscious of what is congruent to what makes me peaceful. What, where do I feel and sense peace? So as you were saying, Kay, a moment ago of going uh, somewhere and, and how does this feel? How does this decision feel to me if I were to go ahead and make that decision? There were times, uh, there are times when I'm talking with somebody or even for myself, I will sometimes present, uh, like if the person is trying to make a choice, I, I will sort of like force them to ask this question. If you had to make the decision right now, what would you decide? And uh, that question can be very revealing too uh, about one's desire. That is there an unspoken desire or an unarticulated desire that that question may uh, alert one to or make one aware of. And those are, again, going back to what you were saying, Andy, about awareness and attentiveness, uh, you know, the, to, to be very reverent and respectful of our own movement and interior experience, you know, and, and to reverence it really, and to, to give it the attention and the care that, that it really calls for. But oftentimes, I don't think unless we do actual formally discernment, I don't think we pay enough attention to our own experience and our own feeling and, and give it the weight or allow it to inform us in a way that we, we ought to, just to take the time to do this thing we call discernment. And it's a little bit more, as you had suggested, and it's a little bit more than simply making a decision. You know, being very intentional, if you will, in that. And then to, to recognize more often than not, there usually comes a consolation afterwards and a confirmation that this choice, this one that I have discerned, is confirmed. And that, that's almost always the case, that a person will experience a confirmation of that choice and a consolation that I think is also a real cause for real joy. You know, the uh, the rules for discernment of spirits, I, I, rules, I think, can be kind of misleading because it makes it seem in some sense that they're set, set, in, set in stone. And um, I like to call them insights. And I, say, I tell people that they came out of Ignatius's life, right? They came out of his own prayer and his own experience with the good and the evil spirits. And he wrote them down and shared them with us. And so... You know, you may find that the good and the evil spirits work with you in a unique way, and you could add you could add your own additional rules to that to that list. That's a great point. That's true. Very true. I know for myself, uh, recently, uh, well, a few years back, when I moved back to Atlanta, I was choosing of where to live in the city, and I I thought I really wanted to live in the city of Atlanta because cool and <laughs> to be close to all the stuff. Uh, but my mother was in a nursing home uh, uh, out in the suburbs in Kennesaw. And uh, when I prayed with it a little more, you know, the, my reason for moving back was really to be close to her. That was really my calling. And, uh, and then I, so that gave me that decision to move closer to her so I could visit her more often gave me more more peace, a sense of peace about it. And I think, um, yeah, I, so I did decide to move in that direction. Um, so that's kind of a hands on. But I think for women tend to sometimes self doubt 
decisions, uh, self-doubt. So I think it's important to, you know, if you, if you took the time to prayerfully discern, to, to trust yourself, you know, to grow in a trust of yourself, that God walked with you and, and not to self-doubt. I mean, with every decision, you know, there's a loss. Uh, so you, I know for myself, I have to, I'm very analytical, so I have to think about the loss and, and, and be okay with it and accept the loss. And if I've done that work, then when I've made the decision, I, I don't uh, second guess so much because I've accepted the loss, um, uh, the lost opportunity if I went a different way, a route. And when I like when I was discerning to leave religious life, there was a fear, right? What am I losing? Like you said, but also what am what am I gaining? And then there's also the fear that what if I made the wrong decision, you know? And um, that's where you know my spiritual director said, if you're waiting for a hundred percent clarity, you're not going to get there, <laughs> because if you have a hundred percent clarity, there's there's no need to trust. There's no room for trust. In needing to trust God, you know, um, and I, I love the the. There's a quote by the Jesuit John Veltri, and he says there's something like God adapts to the vagaries of human decisions. <laughs> you know, the like, you know, if I made the wrong decision, I probably know. You know, God's going to meet me where I am, and then then I may That's have right. to make a new decision or or course correct. You know. Oh, even Ignatius did that, right? He thought. He was so single-minded about going to the Holy Lands in his life with his uh, company of men. Uh, but then it didn't work out, and so he changed direction. I mean, I think, you know, there are twists and turns in life, and I think we're a work in progress, and we're learning through all of it. And, you know, um, we can uh, grow through—I know I've made bad decisions, and, and I know what that feels like, but— um, we can chalk it up to experience and and go on, you know, and uh, hope to make a better one the next time. You know, it is interesting, too, and what I think we've been suggesting as well in making decisions is the ability to have the data to make some decisions. And part of the discernment process, I think, is to collect data, you know, and to be able to... Uh, you know, as you were saying, Kay, a moment ago about living, moving to Atlanta, no doubt there were some pluses to living downtown and there were some pluses to moving to the suburbs. And then, you know, you weigh those. Uh, you have a series of pluses, if you will, or pros, but they may not weigh out equally, you know, and here's where you, you once you have the data, you start looking at it. Um, and as what you were saying, Andy, earlier about choosing to be good to, to between goods, um, what, what is it that uh, I think there's a quote that says, you know, perfection is the enemy of the good, and that if we're, if we're interested in doing everything absolutely right every single time, um, I'm a big baseball fan. If you hit the ball three out of ten times, you're batting 300. That's a great batting average. So your your point about you know. The anxiety about making a mistake um, that can often freeze us up uh, from making any decision, let alone the right one. And uh, as you were implying, Andy, earlier, that could be could be an evil spirit that is freezing one from making a decision. And the anxiety, I would offer though, the greatest fear that we experience as human beings is the unknown. 
and and uh, and giving up what is familiar. And if we're having to make a choice for something that's unfamiliar, there can be a lot of anxiety there. But to name that and to recognize that that the anxiety is natural and normal, it need not be overwhelming, and it need not be given more weight than it actually warrants. And you know, to have even that and to have the Holy Spirit, I think, help us weigh things appropriately and and put things in their right context uh, and to have that and and even to rely on your own previous experience of making some good decisions and for that matter making some wrong decisions you know there's that one great motto or adage about the only real mistakes are the ones from which we learn nothing yeah um, and and so we ought not be afraid or be paralyzed by any kind of anxiety there. And here to even ask God for the grace to, to give us peace and clarity and to be confident that God is with us in this decision making. And if we can be confident of that, I, I think that's also a, a cause of great joy, you know, and that even if we make the wrong decision, God is still going to be with us as you were implying, Andy. Before we conclude, Joe, I wonder if you could just share a little bit about your discernment retreat that is going to be coming up and just share about that and when that's going to be. Sure. Thank you, Andy. For those who are viewing this podcast, we do have a retreat going on at Ignatius House uh, in July. Uh, I'm sorry, I can't remember the day. I think it's the third weekend in July. It's the weekend on discernment and in which we will discuss what further out or further uh, flesh out, if you will, what we've discussed in this podcast. Uh, so I hope you would consider joining us. And if you're interested in knowing more about it, I invite you to look at uh, ignatiushouse.org, our uh, website. And hopefully, if you're interested, we'll see you then that weekend. Yeah, Thank and that's you. going to be July 17th through 19th. Uh, so, um, well, thank you both for your for your conversation um, this evening, and uh, we can talk about discernment for hours on end. I mean, uh, I think the people have, feel a lot of fear because there is a lot of gray area. There's a lot to a lot to figure out, and a lot of voices even to sift through. But we thank you for uh, all for joining us this evening. Uh, and as a reminder, People of Hope is now monthly. Um, you can join us live every third Thursday of each month at 7.30 p.m. Uh, just follow us on Facebook for updates uh, and to access the live stream. Our next conversation will be on July 16th, so we hope you can join us then. In the meantime, visit us at ignatiushouse.org to learn about how you can join us on retreat, uh, on-site or virtually. Be well and have a good night. Thanks for listening. Learn more about Ignatius House by visiting us at ignatiushouse.org or following us on social media. And be sure to subscribe to this wherever you listen to podcasts. May the blessing of God be with you always. <laughs>